Hello everyone and welcome to Pucks on the Dasher, a hockey podcast. I'm your host, Adam Glass. Uh, solo show this week, so if you don't like that kind of stuff, I guess you could just turn it off. Uh, if not, get ready for a shorter podcast probably. I'm also recording this on Sunday night, uh, so I'll probably just dump it out Monday morning, uh, which is different than the usual Tuesday release, but I cannot un- record tomorrow night, so I want to make sure I got a podcast out this week, because um, waiting later in the, le- the week is probably more difficult for me to even get one out, period. Uh, I am also recording a lot later than I would like to um, on this Sunday, mostly because I was waiting for this friggin' Timo Meyer trade to finally break, um, and I think it is finally... Okay, it is finally being tweeted out by the San Jose Sharks. I have a graphic, so I will keep that in mind. We're not talking about that now, um, but we will go into it definitely tonight on the po- or today on the podcast. Um, so the first thing we usually do is fantasy hockey. Um, I don't know if there's any shows or anything. I don't know. Gaming wise, just been playing the Metroid Prime Remaster. Finally, um, one of my favorite games of all time for sure uh funny thing is some of the video game podcasts i listened to were talking about how they were playing it and it's a defaults to what you would call in gaming a dual stick control scheme which is the current first person shooter default where one is you know your movement and your strafing and the other one is look and turn and blah 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 <clears throat> the original gamecube game had a lock-on system for aiming uh, and then you could move with, it was, I, if I explained it right now, it would feel really weird. Um, but basically your main joystick was just your movement, like in Goldeneye, like turn forward, backward, etc. Uh, if you held, held the left bumper as it were, or left trigger, whatever you want to call it, um, they would lock onto an enemy that you were closest to. And then you could shoot with a, I tried to play with the dual stick, the current first person. I couldn't do it. It was the game felt borderline impossible to play. I finally switched. I switched early on to the classic control scheme where it's really obtuse, but the one that I played so much when that game came out, and I'm just flying through that game now. Like it just feels so natural now to do this. Now that I've kind of got it under control, um, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I've put a few hours into it. It's not a super long game, but I'm really, really happy that they did. And it's a remaster too, so it looks nice, like for what it is. Like the textures are cleaned up, etc. cetera. Uh, also banger soundtrack, absolutely banger soundtrack. I'm um, playing it on normal too. It's a bit of a difficult game. It can be, the bosses can be tough. So fantasy hockey, that's how I usually start, how my weeks are going. Poo poo performers, super duper stars, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so we start in the big pool, currently up 7-4. to four. Since it is recording on Sunday, there are games still currently going. Um, I'm one point away from tying up that category, so I, I mean, hypothetically speaking, I still have some players going right now, though the games are in the third period, um, so they may end before I finish recording, so maybe I'll check back just to see if something happened here. Um, but basically, I'm going to win there, uh, and according to the live tracker, which I'm going to bring up here, 
at a 7-4, that would put me in 7th place. So that would move me up 1 place in the standings from 8th. Uh, and I am within shouting distance of, I would say, 4th place and possibly an outside shot at Division lead um given that the roaring lions lost again this week uh to a non-playoff team um that campbell pick up very key right now for him very key just really helping it helping it out uh so i did bench a win this week so that's going to cost me a tie uh, which is unfortunate i galaxy brained um to get better goalie starts and i could have started my goalies the yeah carolina lost to anaheim not and, and Ronta had a shutout the night before, so that's even more of a bummer. Um, but whatever, it is what it is. So 7-4 victory, potentially 7-3 victory. If I get a few points, I guess 8-3 victory, potentially. I don't know. If I get 8-3, that might have a standings effect, um, potentially. Bump me up one or two more. But we'll see. So a win there. Over in the points pool, I was playing a non-playoff team. And I am on the edge of the playoffs, and I'm going to pull off a victory here pretty handily um, by about 20 fantasy points. And that is going to put me in fifth place, uh, one win up on sixth and seventh, though I do have the tiebreakers on both of them in total points. There are three weeks left, so still anything could happen in that pool. And as I've been saying, I am planning on just doing... A whole uh, sit back and see uh, with that pool at this point. I made some tweaks here and there. Eventually, I've dubbed both crack and goalies now, and I have Corpusallo uh, for some reason because he's the uh, whatever. I have Bob, Igor, Copley, and Corpusallo. Um, and Corpy actually got a win this week and gets high shot totals, obviously. Um, so that actually matters in this pool. You get points for saves. So maybe he'll be. Maybe he'll get traded. I don't know. Igor's been absolutely shit-fast right now, uh, but I keep winning, so who knows? Maybe he'll sneak into the playoffs and upset somebody. Um, who knows? I mean, the team's my team's not horrible. It just it doesn't... I, I got to deal with this Bouchard problem. I think it's time, Adam. I think this is, this is really insane. He could be streaming forwards probably and be doing better there. Heiskanen's not been great lately. My defense is tough. Warren Riley's had just a tough year. He's been out for a while. Anyways, so win there. Um, it looks like somebody else just 0-5-1. Matthews will like to go back here. That's a goal, though. So that, that ties my points. Yep, still 7-3. Matthews scored two tonight. It was about time. Um, but it's not going to help me in any fancy, so that's a bummer. Uh, over in the auction, I am going to take the L uh, to a playoff team at least, I guess, though they're under 500. Uh, 6-3 loss. We're tied in assists right now, so if I can find one more of those uh, in the whatever 10 minutes that are left in these games uh, that are still being played, then potentially I could get to 6-4 here. Uh, if it's a power play point, that would be a tie-tie or a 5-4. I don't know. Either way, I'm losing. <coughs> so 
so that will knock me into out of a play. Well, I don't think I was in a playoff spot. That will keep me out of a playoff spot. Uh, once again, don't know what to do in this pool. Uh, Rob keeps offering me insane trades to get certain players over and over and over again, and it's just driving me a little bit nuts. Just a little bit nuts, you could say. Because <laughs> I don't know what to do in this pool. I've never made the playoffs in it. It's just kind of breaking my brain a bit. Because um, once again, I thought I had a decent team this year. And, well, actually, this is probably the first year I thought I had a good team. And it's not working out. God, Adam, you got to deal with this Bouchard problem. Well, how am I going to... Owen Power had more points. Owen Power probably has more points this year than him. Um, okay. So my poo-poo performer, I usually pick it from a losing team. And since that's only going to be the auction pool... My poo-poo performer, once again, I think I've had him up here before. Mr. Pavelski has just kind of fallen off the map here a bit. Um, ice time is still here, 29, 19, 17 minutes. He's still putting up three shots, three hits a game, give or take. But, like, he has two assists, three assists in his last ten games, basically. Dallas has been on a... Dallas was just on a one, two, three, four, five, five game losing streak. Um, so that's probably not helping them either. They definitely need a spark right now offensively. I don't know what's going on there. I have is somebody hurt? Like what's going on there? But uh he's a guy that I kept last year in my big pool. I drafted in auction because I was trying to go same Z's and I don't know if that was necessarily a good idea on either front. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I had any better options to be honest in big pool. If I think about the guys that I didn't keep compared to him, but this season's going to be weird if I don't make an ad here in that pool, uh, lots of trade offers, nothing I'm willing to bite on yet. We'll see. So Mr. Pavelski, no points, six shots on goal, five hits. That's, that's all. That's all she wrote for him, which isn't uh, great when you're trying to win fantasy week. Okay, so we got to have a super duper star for the week, uh, and I'm actually just going to hand it to Semyon Varlama for his Sunday shutout. Um, won me an extra category in the big pool. Um, that's about it, though. Didn't, because Pittsburgh somehow blew out Tampa today, um, and Buffalo blew out Washington. <laughs> He got two goalie wins, and neither of them had over a 900 save percentage, so that's perfect. Yeah. Um, also have a dash problem currently on this team. i struggling heartily in plus-minus. Um, I'm not sure how to deal with that, so... I don't know. I don't know. That's not really something... That's just, I guess, something that works itself out, ideally. I'm not sure. Given the pickup that Tampa just made, maybe it's finally time for Mr. Ross Colton to to go on to waivers here. And maybe I should be looking at trying to find an upgrade for him. Trevor Moore is going to be back at some point, I guess. But I don't know if that's an upgrade at this point either. Uh, so yeah, Super Duper Star of the Week, Semi Rolama Sunday shutout. Um, you love to see it, as Tyler would say. Let me check the Twitters here. Wow, that's a lot of... Okay, I better save this graphic live on the pod here. 
Oh, I do have one other kind of fantasy related thing to go into before we move on here. How do I, that's going to get in there. Perfect. It's saved in there. And I'm going to double check. I'm just going to live on the podcast, update my Twitter feed, 25 tweets. Let's see if any of these, how many of these are a Meyer trade. Um, let's see. Meyer trade stuff. Uh, Nick Schmaltz is hot. Yes, I know. Okay, I don't think there's anything too relevant here. Okay, so some trades happened since last week. Uh, I don't... Oh, yeah, the fantasy relevant. I guess we should talk about that because I did bring it up. Uh, Linus Allmark scored a goal. Yay. Yay. Goalie goal. Yay. Fun, fun. Boston was really struggling. They definitely needed something to pick that team up. That's perfect. Um, I'm really glad for them. You know, they've just had such a tough year there. Nothing's going right. It's it's time that they had, you know, a nice little ray of sunshine come through on what otherwise has been an absolute horrible season for that team. They actually lost a few games. I can't believe it. Can you believe that? They actually lost a few games. So whenever weird things happen like that, a goalie gets an assist on a power play goal, et cetera, et cetera. Somebody inevitably, 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 not inevitably, inevitably brings up the fact that it does or doesn't count on their fantasy roster, depending on how they're set up. Now, if you're in Yahoo, which I am for all of my pools, then it's not counting. Anything that goalie does that is not goalie stuff is not going to count. I'm just used to it at this point. Whatever. It's fine. Any, It's not really... I think Broder's record for points... Has the record for points in a season. It's like... I want to say it's under 20. I don't know. I'm not going to look it up. Um, but it's not a lot. And I don't know... Did anybody ever score two goals in a season? I know. I feel like there's definitely. I think Bruders has scored two goals and maybe one. I feel like Bruders definitely scored a couple, but I don't know if they ever came in the same season. Anyways, they are super rare. I don't even necessarily remember the last time the, there was one in the NHL. Um, it's not something I track in my brain, I guess you could say. I don't think this should ever count for fantasy. This is just a fun thing that happens. It's irrelevant. It's never going to be. Uh, it's going to be an empty net goal. It's never going to be a game-winning goal. It's never going to be a... Well, I guess technically it could be a game-winning goal, depending on how the... But still, it's not something... And it shouldn't... Even if it does count in fantasy, it shouldn't be, like, high value. Oh, the goalie scored. Oh, it's a 1,000 points. or Like, no. That's even worse. I noticed the other... Okay, so in points pool shorties you get extra points obviously i've started to have a minor annoyance when you're getting those on empty nickels that seems not in the spirit of the extra point to me <laughs> like you should at least have to score it on a goalie to me an empty net shorthanded goal should just be like a power play goal points wise maybe not like it you're getting it. Oh, 
I think McDavid had two empty net shorthanders the one night. Like, can you... That would... Yeah. That's crazy. That would be like get a goalie getting like two shutouts, almost. Or one shutout. So, that's not, that's not the same amount of... McDavid with an empty net at the other end, and he can shoot as much as he want at it, and it's not going to get him icing? Like, come on. That's not... That feels a little overvalued, but whatever. It's not a conversation I'm going to have in that pool, and it's not a conversation I want to have. I was just thinking about it the other day, purely from a value standpoint, not from a this-affects-me-personally standpoint, um, because I beat the guy that had McDavid this week, so it doesn't really matter. But I just thought it was... I feel like if, it, if I had lost a playoff week based on like a like end of you know when you the last goal that scored on the last game on Sunday night like affects something like if it was an empty net shorthander and that's what loses you a fantasy week or a championship even that's when I would be like yeah that's that's tough when it's like that extra point from it being yeah that would be that'd be unfortunate um so I don't I know we started with the goalie. So the goalie goal thing, definitely. If it is counted, it should just be a goal. Like, it shouldn't be something special. It should just be a goal. Like, it's a, just a goal. It really, yeah, goal. I forgot to do the thing where I write down what time it was when I started. But since I know I'm probably for sure won't be doing an hour, I'm assuming, I'm just going to go. And then when I'm done, we're done. Uh, and you'll have your little early Monday pod. Um, and I'm sure the Patrick Kane trade will... Patrick Kane, right? That's Yeah. Patrick Kane trade will drop like tonight after I finish recording or tomorrow. But it's pretty clear that if he goes anywhere, he's going to the Rangers. I'm not going to provide any thoughts on that right now. That's pointless. Um, it doesn't really matter... Let's wait for the trade to happen, but it's not going to be a huge return. And I still am very confused about why they would want to do it, but whatever. Not, not my team. So we do have trades to talk about. We're going to talk about these trades, including obviously the one that just dropped new trade just dropped. Uh, then we're going out. That's it. It's already too late for me to be doing this. Uh, okay. Shea Weber and a fifth round pick came over to the Coyotes and the Knights got Dyson Mayo. This is essentially just for the Golden Knights to get Weber author else. So they don't essentially have to be an LTIR ideally next year. They were going to be this year regardless because of Robin Lehner. So they figured they might as well bring on Weber's contract and then have even more to play with. Cap-wise, now with Mark Stone going out, uh, they have the space they need, essentially, for the deadline to add anything. Um, so they needed to move this guy out, send a fifth-round pick to the Coyotes. Why do the Coyotes want this guy? It's pretty fucking easy. The Coyotes want this guy because he's going to be $7.8 million on their actual cap next year. He's not going to play. He's going to be an injured player, but they won't put him on LTIR. He'll be on the active roster, the IR which means he counts against their cap, which means that they can use $7.8 million 
that they don't have to pay somebody because I'm sure they'll be able to get it back. Or I don't know how it works, but I'm sure they're not actually paying him $7.8 million. Then they can get to the floor easier because they're obviously not going to have any huge money contracts on their... Like, Ch- Chikrin is, I'm assuming, getting traded at some point, though he's only $4 million. It sounds like Nick Schmaltz potentially could be on the board too. He's got a longer-term contract. That's more money out the door, though. Uh, you're not probably going to be signing anybody crazy in the offseason but who knows uh i doubt too many high profile ufas are going to want to go play in arizona right now um so tidy piece of business for whatever this is the thing this is what happens when you have a hard cap this is basically what happens so it is a trade and it's i get why it happened um like coyotes have had a lot of weird there was all those tweets going around obviously of like pronger and datsuk and hosa etc have all like basically sat on their cap for uh speaking of sitting on cap the senators just thought to get rid of a guy so nick zaitsev went to the blackhawks at full cob for i think one more year 4.5 and they (laughs) senators had to also send a second and a fourth um this is notably the player that Lou Lamorello after one season of playing in the NHL decided he needed to give a seven-year contract to uh and then for some reason Pierre Dorian decided he needed to trade it for said contract um and obviously it didn't work out he's been in the minors at different points um I'm assuming that they're just going to send him like Chicago doesn't care about anything right now so you just get to play there so he gets one more year to play in the NHL, and then I'm assuming he takes off back to Russia. Uh, we'll see, but it hasn't really gone the way he wanted, I'm assuming, here. And he's not... Like, he was, like, late. He's got to be getting... How old is he now? He's 31? Holy crap. I thought he was older than that. Man. Interesting. Uh, we're not going to talk about that trade. Okay, bigger trade. Um, so, Mr. Vladislav Gavrikov is still being left at the altar after the Boston Bruins realized that one Dmitry Orlov uh, was available and they also grabbed Garnet Hathaway, who was a savvy ad. Uh, essentially, they got Orlov from Minnesota at 1.275 because Minnesota once again played the middleman and got a fifth-round pick to eat essentially like 50 grand. I think it's like 75000 It breaks down to an actual dollars out the door. Um, but it's 50% of Orlov's cap. Uh, and then the Capitals then got a 2023 first, a 2024 third, and a 2025 second uh, from the Boston Bruins. For and also Craig Smith, which basically had to make the money work because that basically evens out the cap hits between both players and Craig Smith. Uh, and then what Andre Svetlakov uh, also went to the Capitals and he came wait from Washington from Minnesota. No, he went to Boston. Wow, <laughs> that looked really these three team trades can be confusing. Uh, hell of a trade, obviously, for the Bruins. Um, and I won. So let's do the Bruins first. Hathaway is a great part of their bottom six. Orloff is going to be an amazing fit in their top four. 
Orlov's probably one of the more underrated D in all of the NHL. Um, I think he had probably more upside to show on lots of different facets, but John Carlson kind of overshadowed him there. I'm interested to see. He's UFA at the end of the year. Some team is going to probably pay him too much and too long, uh, but maybe the Bruins do it. Who knows? I really like the Garnet Hathaway ad for their bottom six. Um, I know I'm saying good things about the Bruins here, but this is essentially what the Leafs did when they went after Riley, O'Reilly and Achari is they got the guy they wanted and then they got a useful bottom six piece at the same time. Uh, it sounds like when the Bruins, it would have been uh, Gavrikov and oh, I forget who it was. Matthew Joseph, is he played? No. It was a bottom six player for Columbus would have been coming back too because um, they were looking to obviously add something to their depth there as always has been a problem in Boston. They get too top heavy when the playoffs come around. Uh, Washington wants or Washington, Minnesota obviously pays a little bit, gets a fifth round pick out of it, whatever. Uh, Washington here. Um, I, so you got the Carlson injury. Wilson's been out for most of the year. Backstrom was out for most of the year and has recently come back. Uh, Ovi's father recently passed away. There's been a lot of not just a lot of just disruption and things not coming together in Washington this year. I am actually super duper duper impressed uh, that they decided to sell. I am actually super impressed. And I wouldn't be shocked if they look to take some of these assets and turn them into uh, other pieces for next year. That's probably what they will do. Um, the one thing I would like to point out here, and it's one thing that I think teams should be looking at more, is some of those future. Get stuff for the future drafts. I know as GMs, they don't always have a long shelf life, so getting something draft-wise, like draft capital-wise for three years down the road or whatever, when maybe you don't even think you'll be around then, okay, I get it. But teams, hopefully, will be looking back at those trades at some point when they're looking over everything that you've done and be like, wow, he actually did a smart thing. Like with Boston specifically, you are assuming that next year, like once Marchand is out of there and then Bergeron and Krejci could be gone as of next year already. I mean, they still have some guys there, but to think that they won't maybe fall a bit down the standings in two or three years, like that's where that 2025 in a couple of years, the second round pick, maybe that's a lot higher than you think. Because maybe it's been a couple of years and they have a down season. It could happen. Pittsburgh right now, if I'm a team trying to get Pittsburgh's picks, I'm trying to get two years from now. You know, stuff like that. Unless it's the first, then you're trying to get this year or whatever. Uh, so I think this is a good trade on both sides here. Uh, Washington could just see what, like how many years, is, let's check this. How many years of this deal does Craig Smith have left? He has, it's just this year. Okay, yeah, so he's UFA after this year. So they'll just give him time to see what he can do, and then he'll probably just go to UFA, I would assume. Uh, oh, did I screw that? No, I didn't. Uh, Shane Bowers, Keith Kincaid, whatever. We're not talking about that trade. That's not. So the Canucks got Vitaly Kravtsov, who finally got to leave the Rangers after not wanting to be there, then coming to the KHL, then coming back, blah, blah, blah. Uh, seventh round pick was basically in a contract. Um, I mean, why not? 
you have Kuzmenko there. Maybe they know each other or something like that. Uh, he's playing pretty well. This is the easy buy low option. Uh, maybe he does walk to the KHL after the season, but you're giving up nothing for him. I actually like this bet for the Canucks. You're not really playing for much right now, so you can give him all the ice time he wants and see what he actually is. Uh, next up, we have a second-round pick that the Predators have acquired, and Nino Niederreiter went to the Jets. Uh, full Cobb, nothing retained here. Nice little pickup for the Jets. That gives them probably a top six forward that they've been lacking or a depth third liner that can drive play, generate some goals. Like, he's a good player. He's he's good. He's fine. Uh, Nashville, big news today uh, was that David Poyle will be retiring at the end of the year and Barry Trotz will be taking over. Um, I'm interested to see how that goes. More from a... I want to know what Trot says when he comes in. Like, what does he think this team is? That's what I want to know. What does he say? Is he going to be saying retool? Is he going to be saying rebuild? Is he going to be saying wait and see? Where it's like, I'm just going to see what happens next year, and then I'll make my, like, I don't know. I'm really interested to see how this goes from an identity perspective here. Like, Poyle's retiring, too. He's not becoming president. So... I'm interested to see how that goes. Uh, but anyways, the fact that the Predators realize that they should probably sell some UFAs here is probably a good idea. That is a team that you could grab some assets flip for next year. I don't think that team is any state where they're ready to rebuild. Like, they've signed the long-term contracts. They've got Saros there. They've got... Excuse me. Uh, they have UOC there. They have Forsberg. Like, they got guys signed. They have Duchesne. They have to keep... Maybe not going for it, but they have to keep trying to win. Uh, so, I mean, 2024 second round pick, whatever. It's better than nothing. You got to hope you can make a decent pick with it, I guess. Uh, next up, the Dallas Stars acquired Evgeny Dadanoff at 50% retained. And they sent Dennis Garion off to the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, they're hoping Dadanoff will jumpstart Sagan on that second line, who has been languishing lately. Well, the whole Dallas offense has been not great lately. Not sure what's going on there. Um, whatever. This is two guys that I don't fi I don't know enough about either player to really. Giryanov had some high hopes when he came and scored 20 goals as a rookie, and it just seemingly hasn't worked out. This is a fine bet for the Canadians. See what you got there with him. Dadnov obviously wasn't going to be playing on your roster after this year, so... Whatever, that's 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 a decent deck chair shuffling by two GMs there, I guess. Uh, Barbashev, he did get traded from the Blues. He went to the Golden Knights, and in return, the Blues got prospect Zach Dean, uh, who looks like he will be an NHL player of some sort, uh, which is a decent return for Barbashev. Uh, Barbashev obviously had a huge season last year and did not replicate it this year. If you look at some of the underlying numbers, obviously shooting percentage, etc., had something to do with that. So he's probably not a 60-point player, but he is a 40 to 50-point banger who can kind of play wing and center. However, he is maybe not great defensively. Uh, so he probably should be playing wing on a top six line, maybe, or being insulated in some way. If you're planning on using this guy at center, I don't think you've been watching him enough. Unless you have, you know, Mark Stone's back and then he can insulate him defensively. But I don't think that's a good idea either. Uh, but whatever. 
Golden Knights have to keep going for here. Are they going to make the playoffs? It looks like it, um, which means that Jack Eichel gets to go in the playoffs, so that's at least something. Uh, I'm... It's... Like, once we get past... Oh, it's on here, finally. Yay. Um, oh, the Meyer trade got added cap-friendly, and it's just so huge. Oh, man, I do not have any background on some of these guys. The, the Dave must have just got a bunch of contracts, obviously. Uh, okay. Jack Johnson... I don't know what the hell happened here. The Colorado Avalanche felt the need to bring back Jack Johnson. I don't know, whatever. Whatever. They won the Cup last year. I guess I can't fault him for it, but he is unequivocally one of the worst players in all hockey right now so i mean if they're bringing him back to be in the room fine if they're bringing back to put him on the ice that's very confused by that let's say uh okay next up and last up i don't know how long i've been going for i don't think it's very long to be honest it's probably i feel like it's gonna be like a half hour podcast um but that's fine it's it's late on a sunday night uh, and at this point, I just kind of wanted to get something out the door. Uh, Santa brought it early, as they say. Uh, so, here it is. Here's the, the big trade for this week. Basically, the whole reason I waited this late to record. Would it have been a longer show if I recorded earlier? I mean, probably. <laughs> this I probably would have done a little more. I probably would have put a little, yeah. I would have had a little more energy to do a longer show. Ooh, there's conditions on this. This is interesting. Okay, fun. Okay, so the Devils got Scott Harrington and Timo Meyer. Okay. Three, I'm just going to say three AHL players. And a fifth round pick. A 2024 that was Colorado's. They also got Meyer at 50% retained. In return, San Jose Sharks got Andreas Janssen who is currently playing in the AHL. Fabian Zetterlin, who is at 750 and was having a decent showing in the NHL this year. Nikita Okotiuk. Nikita Okotiuk. I'm not sure. I, I don't honestly know anything about him. Then we have Shakir Makamadulin. Uh, he actually does have upside and will be an NHL defenseman. He is also massive. He's like 6'7 or something like that. Uh, he's a nice little pickup there for the Sharks, to be honest. Uh, 2023 first-round pick that is conditional. Uh, if the pick is a top-two selection, New Jersey will instead transfer their own 2024 first-round pick. So it's lottery-protected. Basically, if they get the top-two picks this season, which that's whatever. Basically, it's a first-round pick this year. A 2024 second-round pick. Uh, and the condition is if the Devils make the Eastern Conference Final and Meyer plays in 50% of the games, or New Jersey makes the 2024 Eastern Conference Final, the pick becomes the first-round pick uh, from the Devils instead of a second. And then there's also a 2024 seventh-round pick. Wow. Then there's some other weird conditions that I'm not going to get into. So essentially, it is Andreas Janssen, Fabian Zetterlund, uh, a prospect that I'm not familiar with, Shakir Makamadoulin, a first and a second, and a seventh. Okay, well, Meyer, let's go Devil's perspective because this is easy. This is a home run slam dunk. This is a perfect fit for their top six. Uh, 
This is a great ad for them. This is going to energize that team. I don't necessarily think they are going to. I think they'll make noise in the playoffs, but I don't think this is the year yet for them. I have mad respect to your adding. They have the space to sign this guy again. They could even just qualify him next year at his 9 or 10 or whatever it is and bring him back for one year. They could also trade him because he's an RFA in the summer. It was basically them or the Canes, and they obviously were willing to pay more. What did they actually give up? So, Sharks perspective. Janssen is whatever. He's, I don't know. I honestly don't know. He played for the Leafs. I should know. I don't know. He's a guy that I was actually really high on at one point. I thought he was going to be like a top six tweener guy. Didn't work out at all. Fabian Zetterlin actually did show some... He's a player. Like, he's going to play on their team. That is an actual NHL addition. There is some upside there. What it is, I don't know. But he's a player. You got to have players. So that's a checkbox. I don't honestly know anything about... I don't want to keep saying his name because I'm sure I'm butchering it. So we'll skip him. Shakir Makamadoulin is actually highly, highly... Well, not highly touted, but he's going to play in the NHL. He is massive. He is a good grab for them, to be honest. He's probably the, what, third best D prospect in the Devils system. And the Devils have one of the better prospect systems in all of the NHL. Uh, the first-round pick is obviously a first-round pick. And they obviously got a second in 2024. I wish I had the time to quickly look up the whatever. I'm not going to. So the Meyer, so Meyer got traded uh, to one of the two teams that kind of everybody expected him to go to. I think this is fine return. I don't, I don't think the Sharks had a lot of options here to be honest of where he could go. Clearly, Carolina is not going to give you a ton for him. They're pretty close to the vest. The Devils, I think, obviously, and I don't think Carolina at all would have re-signed him. Whereas I think the Devils could be re-signing him. I don't know if they're going to worry about it right now, but I could see it happening. At the very least, I could see him bringing back next year. So there's a two-year window here you're going to go with this guy. And given the fact that the Lightning or the Lightning paid, what, a first and a second for Hagel and, and a first for Nick Paul and all that stuff. Like, this is, this is good. <laughs> This is a good ad for the Devils. Um, for the Sharks, like, they were just squeezed, I bet. I mean, they only had a few options. And none of it none of it looked that great. I think getting Shakir Makhmadoulin is good. I think Fabian Zetterlin is, a is fine. Like, you're getting two for sure pieces that I know that are going to be useful. If you can somehow resurrect Andreas Janssen in any way, then he becomes another asset for you to flip at some point. Uh, I'm not exactly, actually, let's see. This might be his last year, to be honest, and then he's UFA. Yeah, it is too. So you're probably not going to, maybe you could, I don't know. You could at least bring him up and play him and see what he is and then bring him back next year on a low-rent contract and then flip him at the deadline. Like, you could probably do that. Uh, either way, this is an absolute home run for the New Jersey Devils. This is fine for the Sharks. I don't know. I'm not going to, like, completely pan it. Um, they obviously weren't going to get like Luke Hughes or anything like that out of them. Nemich, um, that wasn't happening. So fine. I mean, the, the East is absolutely insane, crazy right now. Like, why are we even having a Western playoff? Let's just play the East and let the West not worry. Like they can do their own thing. 
they can they can vie for some random let the Stanley Cup be the winner of the East at this point. Holy shit. And it's not done yet. Like Tampa, it looks like Tampa might be adding Tanner Janot. It's not confirmed yet. It's not on cap friendly yet. So okay, let's just do a quick little quick little grab here through Twitter before I sign off. Oh, Mike Gray just said it's not a full on rebuild in San Jose. I don't even know what that means. I guess that means they're not trading. Uh Interesting. Um, oh, also, shout out to Shayna Goldman for breaking a bunch of trades, seemingly. Uh, 13 pieces in this trade, 9 players, 4 draft picks. We only have 3 comparable trades in our database, and all 3 are 3-way trades. This enormous amount of assets in a 2-team trade. So, there you go. Uh, let me see here. I'm going to quickly see if there's anything else on here I don't think so okay sorry just quickly scrolling through Twitter to see if there were any more trades that popped in there. That was a really long pause. I apologize for that. Okay, uh, apologize also for the shorter episode this week, but I just wanted to make sure I got one out there. So thanks, everybody, for listening this week, and I will talk to you next week.